This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Kickstart the Sunday with some Motley Crew. What's going on, beautiful people? We on Let Your Voice Be Heard <sighs> on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. Good morning to everyone on Facebook Live so far. This is Stanley Fritz, your favorite engineer on the PC ones and twos. I am here with Selena Hill. We all know her as Leonce. Oh, my bad. Sully Yancey. No one knows me by that, but thank you. <laughs> Everyone knows you as that, right? No. If mm-hmm. you know Selena as Selianse on Facebook Live, like the post. <laughs> anyway. That was, that, was that was social media marketing right there, right? You didn't expect it, it, that. It was. Yes, this, that was a good try. <laughs> this is Stanley Fritz. You can find me on IG at Stan Fritz. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Fritz. You can't find me on Dark Skin, I mean on Snapchat because I deleted Dark Skin Swindle. But if you want to see me yelling at the commissioner of the NYPD for lying, Ooh. go to Twitter. Selena? Well, yes. Welcome to the show, guys. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, where we talk politics, social issues, social justice, and culture every Sunday from 11 to 12. And, you know, I, thank you so much for that introduction, Stanley. You know, I'm super happy to be here. It's abnormally warm here in New York City. Outside and in here. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, and it's uh, just a, a reminder that climate change is very real. Um, but we have a great show lined up. And, you know, before we even get to the show, we need to introduce Tammy David, our new co-host on mm. Let Your Voice Be Heard. Yes. Welcome to the thank fold. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you guys so much. So how do you feel? Like Stanley gave a special introduction just for you. Honestly, first of all, Stanley, thank you for that intro. I don't know how you knew to pick a crazy rock song. But growing up, uh, one of my family members called me Tamrock. And he said it's because I'm crazy like a rock star. Oh. So Ooh, I like Tamrock. I, I like that. <laughs> I like. Do you, do you still go by that? Yeah, he still calls me Tamrock to this day. But I he's the only I, one. I kind of like calling you Tamrock. Do it. I love it. And I love it. Good. Good. Okay, great. Um, My dad had a nickname for me, too. He called me Oops. So, <laughs> uh, we have something in common. Stanley, you were, you were purposeful and intended. I don't, intended. Know, I don't you know. No, but I think I was liked when I got here. Yes, yes. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Once a you pleasant got here, surprise. Yes, you were a pleasant surprise. Yeah. That's what everyone would call you. But, yeah, so we have a great show lined up. We're going to be talking about anti-blackness we know that a number of black women have been under the attack from tiana taylor Mm -hmm. to blue ivy who's a little girl obviously um and ari lennox and we're going to just really talk about just like the concept of beauty standards ideals especially when it comes to like afrocentric as compared to eurocentric and i know tammy aka tamrock is super (laughs) excited to talk about that um and in addition we also are going to be talking about you know a little bit about iran and the iowa caucuses are literally right around the corner so we definitely need to talk some 2020 presidential politics so we're going to talk about that too and of course feel free to let your voice be heard if you are watching us via facebook live shout out to Kristen, bb mendez and dara kalima please leave your comments there we will be reading them and taking them and also you can call us up at 212-650-6903 you thought i was going to leave you out there by yourself i was hoping you would listen just because i got a cue a song doesn't mean i'm gonna miss my part beloved okay well you can also call us if you have complaints call 1-800-223-9797 don't do that for complaints (laughs) um but anyway guys so yeah we have a great show lined up um so feel free chime in call and we definitely want to hear from you and let your voice be heard all right guys we're gonna go on a quick break don't go anywhere Listen, B.B. Mendez, this song is for you right here. 
We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 8.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill. And of course, our newest co-host, a mix of Shea Butter, Hennessy, and youthful exuberance, Tammy Motherloving <laughs> David. I hope that wasn't offensive, Tammy. Um, that was the best intro I think I've ever gotten. Okay, good. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so on that note, this is a news roundup where we talk about some of the biggest news stories of the past week, the ones that made us laugh, cry, really upset, or got Stanley deleted or actually banned from Facebook, which has happened on more than one occasion. So we need to start off talking about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, who have both stepped down as British royals. Like, Tammy, what was like, what was your response to that? Like, what do you think about that? It's so sad because everybody was hyped to have her be the first black mm-hmm. royal. Yep. But also, I'm so happy for her and her peace of mind because if you're pregnant, getting constant criticism from the same press that killed your mother-in-law, mm, yep. I know that can't be good for her mental health. So good for you, Harry, for taking care of your wife. And honestly, Megan, we're still rooting for you, girl. Well, uh, and I think that's a, a great assessment. I've also been hearing people say well she was the first black um royal to enter into the monarchy and she probably they were saying she could have actually done more good inside and now that they're leaving um you know what does that say for you know the current state of uh the monarchy and like the way that they govern like she you know you mm-hmm. she no longer has that voice in that platform to try to speak up for change her and prince harry i mean but she just got there everybody had all these feelings put all this energy on her and she wasn't feeling it but you know what's funny tammy also just got here and we asked somebody who's very excited about that R- we got lamar from the jazz note on the oh, line lamar yes. let your voice be heard yeah lamar's de- Lamont's jazz break. And by the way, uh, our our royalty began in Nubia and ancient Egypt, six thousand years before the birth of that man that we celebrated last, uh, supposedly on the twenty fifth of January. My dear sister Tammy, Hi. I met you last night. Can you still hear me? Yeah, Lamont. What's up, brother? What's up, brother? Everything is fine. I left you with friends. I was just leaving it last night. And I'm honored that you are with our radio station, and you're dealing with a very serious program this morning. As a co-host, you are honored to be where you are at this particular point in time and space at 11.11 on a Sunday morning. Absolutely. I'm so blessed to be here. I'm going to let you go because I'm I'm leaving everybody. Anyway, I'm going to sit back and enjoy the show. And by the way, this program is excellent. It is about wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and one thing about my dear brother, he speaks truth to power. He ain't no punk. Ooh. And on that note, I'm going to say, assalamu alaikum. I'm going to sit back and enjoy the show. Peace. Salaikum salam. Appreciate you. Thank you, you. so much, Lamont. So I'm going to be tuning in later, 8 p.m., the jazz break with Lamont. Yeah. You met me out here. All right. Okay. <laughs> Ain't nobody ever called us to welcome us here. We got we also got hate notes. <laughs> Remember this, this one? Facts. What? The man said acts on air. Why do we have a show? Remember that letter, yes, Selena? I remember that. <laughs> um, nonetheless, though, we definitely appreciate all the love. And if you guys want to chime in and either show us love or just, you know, feel free to debate with us and argue. The number is 212-650-6903. So, Stanley, what is your opinion about Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, leaving their duties as British royals? What were their duties? Be rich? No. Give people, homeless people food sometimes and take pictures? No. I mean, look, I'm not, I don't understand all the inner workings, but obviously no they did have like some duties. They were living in the Queen's house. And you, I mean, there are a number of rules and regulations. I mean, charity work definitely was a big part of it. Um, and I also know that 
there are just like a lot of things you can't do. Um, Like be black? (laughs) That may have been one of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you, I mean, how do you feel? Do you think that it's, do you support them leaving? Or do you think that, you know, they're breaking a a centuries long tradition? Listen, I, I don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. I have seen the way that, that Brits have talked about Meghan Markle. Oh, yeah. And she ain't even black black. She barely <laughs> mm-hmm. light-skinned black. She, you, she just got some black features. Like, she's got a little bit of the nose, and she's got the lips. She don't have the complexion, and they've been aggressively anti-black. And now she has a kid coming over, being born over there, and the kid don't look black at all. <laughs> and they will come after the kid, too. If they're doing that over a white-passing black person, like... I don't. I'm not mad at her for leaving. They're going ham. Well, what I'm I am hearing some people say was she naive when she was entering into this arena? Um, she talked about it herself that people warned her that the paparazzi and the tabloids there were going to chew her up, and people were saying like, you know, she was socialized very differently. She is an American, you know, woman who is biracial. Her mother is black. She was raised by a strong black woman. She was very boisterous. She had an Instagram account that had to be deleted. She was a feminist. You know, she spoke out about women's issues. And then she's entering into this arena where none of that is is permissible. I mean, did she not know that she was giving up everything in her life? Everybody tells you that brown liquor is going to make you get violent. But you don't know it for sure until you had that first sip of Hennessy and all of a sudden (laughs) luck if you buck comes on and it hits different. Listen, like we never know until we know. Can I I say some flowery stuff right now? Yes. Um, You know, she might have known, but... She was in love, mm. like a really handsome prince, literal prince yep. from across the pond. Yep. Wines <laughs> you and dines you and promises you the world. Like, of course, you're going to ride for him. Like, that's her man. So I'm I'm sure she got the warnings and I'm sure, you know, she's she's in pop culture. I'm sure she's seen what's happened with his mother. But at the end of the day, it was her choice to start a family and to fall in love and it didn't work out with his career but at the end of the day she still got him so and he has her and it looks like they're moving to canada so I mean, <laughs> good luck Meghan markle and prince harry canada is better than america right oh, now yeah, I mean, definitely. we might be at war with iran or maybe not who knows what's going on these days yeah we're under the trump administration yes. any other country is probably better than america right Shoot. now um but speaking of the war in iran stanley we know that a lot more developments have happened in the past few days uh president trump has completely backed down we know that there was a missile that was fired um supposedly reportedly an Iranian missile uh, shot down a plane that was one of their own and 170 people died. Mm-hmm. Again, that is a result of uh, the one of top, uh, Iran's top military leaders being killed um, under Trump's order. Yeah, and just to add some more context to that. So yes. what Iran government is saying is that they thought that it was an enemy um, bogey because it had like kind of like started going in the direction of some very sensitive military sites and they shot it down and they said it was an unforgivable tragedy. Yes. Um, Iranian people have been protesting ever since. The Iranian government has also posited and said that this probably doesn't happen if the U.S. doesn't like ramp up tensions with them and kill one of their like main leaders recently because then they're not on high alert the way, the way that they have been. And I, I, I can't really disagree with them. This is horrible, and they shouldn't have done it, but I can't disagree. I also just want to point out the fact that Iran has completely pulled out of the nuclear agreement. Mm. So we know the U.S. pulled out of the Iran deal, yep. which is pretty much Iran had agreed not to use or build nuclear weapons yep. as long as the U.S. removed some sanctions. And that was a deal that Obama struck in collaboration with United Nations and European countries. The U.S. pulled out, but the European countries were working with Iran to make sure they stayed in it, and they were staying. Iran's pulled out completely. 
and they're going to ham to make nuclear weapons. And guess who they're coming for first? Israel. Tammy, um, closest ally. What do you what do you feel about that? I'm so nervous because for me, whenever you see like one big thing hit the news, mm-hmm. whatever's in my mind is that there are five other small things happening, mm-hmm. preparing, waiting in the shadows. So mm-hmm. for them to have publicly admitted um, and for us to s- kind of see the steps that they're taking, I feel like there's so much more happening in the background. And I'm real mm-hmm. nervous that they're garnering support. Um, Putin's already like... Yes, yes, yes. Mm. In the background. So I'm just I'm just hoping they don't hit New York first. So New York is like the number one terrorist target. But the thing is, people don't a lot of people don't hit unless they're provoked. Right. And we know yeah. that we talked a little and bit we about hit it that. First. Yeah, we did. We hit it first. And, you know, we've been <laughs> pause. <laughs> play. play. Um, yeah. So anyway, what I'm basically trying to say is that, you know, Trump, in my opinion, made a really rash an unstrategic decision to kill a top military leader. This is someone who a number of other presidents strategically said we are not going to kill because it's going to cause and wreak more havoc than anything else. Like, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, you're in a rap battle and you're talking, you know, you're, you're jabbing at one another, but then all of a sudden someone takes a jab at the other person's mother. Like, you just don't, you yeah. know, like, you know, you yeah. get, it's too personal. You just don't take it there unless you're really ready to fight. Nonetheless, I'm just praying this does not turn into World War Three, but think, yeah. but Stanley. No, I don't. I don't think it will. Um, okay. Iran, bo- Iran bombed um, a U.S. base in Iraq, and they then said that was going to be the extent of their um, of their right. retaliation. So, well, that's what they said for now. True. Uh, speaking of World War Three, it seems like there may be a war or at least some political fractions or friction going on in the Democratic Party. So we know our girl AOC, she made some comments in the past week. She's in New Yorker magazine. She said that um, in any other country, her and Joe Biden would not be in the same party because, you know, AOC, number one, she's supporting Bernie Sanders. And number two, she is uh, in the most left part of uh, the party so mm-hmm. she spoke out like she always does that's why i love her and support her but she's getting a lot of backlash um in, in fact there was a article on tr- cnn saying well if C- if aoc doesn't want to be in the same party as joe biden why doesn't she just leave why doesn't joe biden leave the party well i mean people are saying joe biden is progressive in certain areas, uh, maybe not as progressive. See, this well, is the problem with a two-party right. system. Right. She's totally right. In any other, like in any other Western country especially, she would never be in the same party as mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Like, I absolutely think that she would make a fantastic third-party candidate for perhaps a socialist party, but right. we're so stuck on the two-party that she's been kind of jammed in there. So, Stanley? Everyone says AOC is crazy, but if you poll most Americans, they agree with Medicare for all, they agree with free college tuition, they agree with taxing the rich. Joe Biden is the one who disagrees with all three of those things. He'd be a Republican. Joe Biden mm-hmm. is pretty much what the Republicans are trying to be in, like, 1988. So I don't understand why, <laughs> like, why we think that, like, what AOC said was so crazy. Joe Biden is the same person that said that he would he would have a Republican as his vice presidential candidate right now, and who has said that the Republicans have not gone over the ledge and he would still work with them, even though Republicans won't even have a fair and transparent impeachment process in the Senate, and they have been appointing white supremacists to to like to to, to judge seats all across the country. 
like is what what Elsie said so wrong? What rational Democrat would do that right now? Well, I mean, just to play devil's advocate. So what I'm hearing, you know, the critics say is number one, shouldn't we at be at the point where we could say? I would support any Democratic president. Why couldn't she just say something like that? That's number one. Mm-hmm. And and number two, like, even though, like, okay, like, Joe Biden does have a history of the crime bill and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he, school bus and Yes, segregation. segregation. Well, he was actually in, in eight, I think it was 1986, mm-hmm. he proposed one of the first bills to actually tackle climate change. So he was actually advocating for very progressive causes. And he's also from an old school mentality where, yeah, they worked across the aisle. So did Obama. And the, he's coming from that same school of thought. No. So, like, the old school mentality was, like, you could chum it up with people who were also white supremacists. <laughs> <laughs> because it was white people that was mostly controlling this thing. Yeah. That's not the case anymore. Yeah. And, like, what is the other aisle? A bunch of neo-Nazis, racists, and homophobes? That's really who you want to chum it up with? That's just straight up ignorant. That's one. Two, Barack Obama, if you look at him, he really was, like, slightly left-leaning moderate. But he is not as conservative as Joe Biden. He would not have pushed that crime bill. He would have not offered to make cuts to Social Security in a real way. He did that, he did that in 2011. But that was just, just a joke to see if Republicans would actually bite, and they didn't. He would not be getting mad about segregation, segregation or school segregation. He just would not be. Those are all Joe Biden things. Well, James Johnson has chimed in on our Facebook Live. He says AOC should just be an independent. And Jackie... Bradley says Biden is not the best candidate. Uh, and then James Johnson also said he's all for paying. Uh, he's all for all the things uh, I believe AOC is advocating for. But how are we paying for that? Tammy, what are your thoughts? Well, we spend trillions on the military. So I'm really overhearing the how will we pay for that Facts. energy because Trump just sent out a tweet boasting about spending two trillion dollars on responding to Iran. And I'm like, that two trillion could have literally ended student debt it could have literally gotten us medicare for all it could have gotten us so many things um besides the financial point i think that aoc is the kind of person that is going to do what she needs to in order to get elected and to get these benefits for her community i think we've seen firsthand that third party candidates don't succeed Mm -hmm. in races so i mean if if we're talking electoral politics, you got to do what gets you elected. People don't even look at third party candidates as serious because the two party system is so ingrained. So we actually have some comments coming in. Dara Kalima says now is not the time to support any Democratic candidate. That's after the primaries. The primaries are about finding the best candidate. Biden is not that. Jose, I mean, Jose Pierre says my greatest concern is the reelection of Donald Trump. If we can get a progressive, great. But let's unite behind the eventual nominee. Uh, uh, quickly, as we wrap up, Stanley. I mean, we're not there yet, so I don't have to unite with anything. Stanley. And Joe Biden is garbage. If, if he gets nominated, I'll say he's garbage, but I'll still vote for him over Trump. Now, if he picks a Republican vice president, we might have to have a different conversation. And why? I'm like, because, like, why? Uh, like, you, you, you just want to trigger me. Why do we have to settle, though? That's what irritates me. I it's mean, like, we might have to settle. It's we, either that or we, Trump. We might have to settle eventually, but we see it on both sides of the party. Honestly, even with Republicans, working class people and people whose voices feel like they're being left out are going towards extreme sides because they mm-hmm. feel like they're not being heard by these, like, upper middle class moderates who are mm-hmm. content with low taxes for the rich and having a privatized system because their kids can get into private school. So 
honestly, it's necessary for us to be critical at this stage. This could shape what the American economy looks like for the next 20 to 30 years. I'm with you, Tammy, but black folks love Biden. Southeast Queens, that like <sighs> they, oh. they support Biden. They support those kind of politicians, and those are all black folks, Caribbean black folks yeah. at that, who believe in respectability politics yep. and who will get mad because we have new bail laws. So, like, we got a lot of work to do. Well, James Johnson just chimed in. He says, we have to settle because we didn't leverage our own candidate, which is a good Ooh. point. No, it's not. Because in, James James is being messy. James, you know where you live and who, <laughs> those, who the people are in power over there. And they're not the best, but we keep them there because they look like us. Okay, but on that note, guys, I do. This is a great discussion. I just want to wrap up by giving, I don't know if I want to say a shout out necessarily, but that whole little pussy Kappa debacle, really quickly, Stanley, because I know you are in a fraternity, not one of the divine nine. All right, thank but, you. No, All but right. I just wanted to like just bring it up. So for those <laughs> who haven't been following little Boosie, um, B-O-O-S-I-E. <laughs> he was wearing the Kappa t-shirt to a basketball game, and obviously the noobs are like, you're not a noob, don't do that, that's disrespectful. And he clapped back, but then he said, you know what? I won't wear the apparel if you guys can teach me the cap of shimmy. I mean, so I did. I honestly, I thought that was a great comeback to mm-hmm. just like settle things. Mm-hmm. It was super funny. And I would love to see little Boosie do the cap of shimmy. And I want to say some of his fans were saying, you know what, Boosie? You don't owe the Kappas anything because, number one, they are always shimmying to your song, Wipe Me Down. <laughs> Tammy, did you follow any of this? Yeah, I, I saw this and I have a, like a couple of Greek life friends as we all do. Um, I think they're being silly. Sorry, guys. Like, Boosie, you are fly. Keep rocking that kappa. No, y'all no, should no, feel no, no, Y'all no, should no. feel blessed that Boosie is rocking did, your apparel. Did Lil Boosie <laughs> pay his application fee and take a Ooh. test? Because we all know Kappa Alpha Psi Phi Nu Pi is a non-hazing fraternity organization. Did Lil Boosie pay his application fee and take his test no he did not so he can't yo nothing to the bros <laughs> we, gotta, uh, we gotta go to break those okay and and uh, james says kappa has got to take that l <laughs> on that note yes. we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're talking bullies attacking black women this is let your voice be heard or or she she does look like a rottweiler that's fine that's fine, but and and uh, and and you want to talk about how oh people are so sensitive they want us to cancel freedom of speech. Why is this your speech? Why are you so comfortable tearing down black women, women, and no other race? Look around, look under, look around. When are Hispanic women ever compared to dogs? When do they do that? When do they do that to white women? When are white men doing that to white women? When are Hispanic men doing that to Hispanic women? They're not doing it. They're not. Like, and and how come... And we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill and, of course, Tammy David with the... Is that a scully or a wave cap? This is actually a Grace Elliott satin-lined cap to oh, keep so my it's tresses money. right. Got so, you. It's money. So yeah, we're broke I would boys. recommend. <laughs> do they do layaway for those? No. It's just like $12. Yo, you saw her... Oh, heard you. Heard you. She's like, oh, you're broke like that, Stanley? Yes, I am. Seriously, Stanley. Yeah, I'm sure. I can't, af- you know, I can't afford to pay attention. 
Shoot. I guess layaway would be like $3 every two weeks on mm. Afterpay. Okay, I can make that work, maybe. <laughs> I can make that work. All right, guys, if you were just tuning in, we just finished the news roundup, and now it's time for the main event, the main conversation that we want to have here. Is there a campaign of bullying and hatred being spewed at black women and girls? You're wondering what I'm talking about, right? Well, picture this. January 1st, the ball has just dropped. You are taking one more sip of Douce. And as you're heading home in that Uber because you got 50% off and you beat the surge pricing, you hop onto Twitter. What's the first thing you see? A reporter from Vanity Fair is saying that Blue Ivy Carter, all of seven years old, looks like Jay-Z and it is not good. Look at that nose. Look at those lips. You know that Blue Ivy Carter does look like her father a little bit and that her nose and her lips are of Negroid features. Is that offensive to say? Possibly. I know I can't say the other N-word because we'll get fined. So you think to yourself, hmm, that's weird. Well, the rest of Twitter thought the same thing and thought that it was racially problematic and disrespectful. So much so that it went viral and people dragged that reporter through the mud. And then, a couple of hours later, you finally wake up, you're slightly hungover, you go to the kitchen to scramble some eggs, but then you remember, oh yeah, I'm poor. So you go to your friend's house because they always have food, and as you walk in, you notice their phone is buzzing off the hook. Why? Well, because brown liquor, shea butter, and good vibes, and let me, let me sage your room Twitter, have united as a force to defend Ari Lennox as she has been attacked on Twitter by a random dude that says that she looks like a Rottweiler, but she's sexy. Ari Lennox sees this, and she is not having it. And she goes on Facebook Live, and she rants, as you just heard right there, and she says, how come people feel so comfortable to talk about black women this way? They don't talk about white women that way. They don't talk about Spanish women that way. No other women. They also talked about Tiana Taylor the same way, and she says she's not having it. Which brings us to the show today and the conversation we want to have with you wonderful folk. Is there an attack on black women? Why do people feel so comfortable doing this? Or are Ari Lennox and others just being a little bit too sensitive? I know on a Joe Budden podcast, they said she was being sensitive and that she should ignore people. But I know people have lots of different opinions. Selena and I had a really good conversation. So mm-hmm. to start this conversation off, I want to look Selena in the eye <laughs> and go to Tammy first. Good. And I you what was your reaction to the recent attacks on Ari Lennox, Tiana Taylor and Blue Ivy Carter? Honestly so hurtful like it always just makes me sad because I am a mixed-race woman I do consider myself black but you know I definitely will acknowledge that I personally have light skin privilege and so throughout my life I have seen my darker sisters um, get comments that are just so unnecessary. I've had men say things to me about dark-skinned women and about my features in relation to my blackness. And so when I always see powerful, beautiful women like Ari Lennox and Tiana Taylor, who is just smoking hot, get yeah. this kind of criticism, like, for why? Like, who who thinks that? Genuinely, who thinks that? Yeah. Tiana Taylor is a stereotypical New York girl. Oh, yes. She's beautiful with a raspy voice and curses mm-hmm. a lot. He's like, yo, my guy, what's up? He's like, ooh, it's Tiana. I like that. Um, I like that, though. You got New York girls. Anyway, Selena, go ahead. What do you? Th- what was your reaction to this? Uh, I kind of dismissed it. I thought it was overblown. I thought it was stupid people on Twitter and, you know, with social media platforms just saying really ignorant things. It kind of reminded me of almost like my childhood or being in high school where the boys in school constantly criticized or made fun of our, our bodies, our faces, whatever, whatever it is. But, you know, as you go on and as you get older, you learn to, you know, ignore that type of stupidity. So I kind of didn't like saying, you know, it. I was just like I was very conflicted about even talking about this as a main topic, because 
I didn't want to give them that validity. Like, mm. it's one person who talked about, you know, um, Ari Lennox and Twelta the Rot Ryler. Um, and it's like when she even responded, she gave this person so much power. And I'm like, nobody knew who this person was. Like, I, I would not have even known about this story. Like, I just don't think that we we need to really spend time talking about dumb people. So you think that Ari Lennox is dragging it a bit? Do you agree with Joe Budden? She's being sensitive? That I can't say. I don't want to say because the thing is, nobody's talking about me. Like if somebody said that about me, it would hurt my feelings. So I'm not going to say she's being too sensitive like Joe Buttons. But I will say that when you become a celebrity and you cross that that road into fame, you have to expect that type of scrutiny. And it's only for a certain type of person who can handle being both loved and hated on a large scale global level. And if you cannot, then this may not be the industry for you it's gonna there's gonna be more of that you sound like joe budden's lena stop it stanley real, real quick you're not gonna a, do that to me we right got now a comment from jackie bradley she okay. goes as a dark-skinned woman forever hearing dark-skinned arguments i've learned to i've learned i lose no sleep over opinions of a sheep that's a bar mm. jackie strength well tammy some people do feel like it's overblown and that it's not about race and it's not about disrespecting black women like if that's the case why did ari make it about that I do agree that it was overblown to some sense, you know. Um, I'm very much a fan of the Beyonce tactic, I like to call, which is literally not say a peep. Just have everyone wondering what you're thinking. And then put out an album. Yep, and surprise everyone. But I think that Ari also... She did what I would have done, which is take the opportunity to educate. For me, Mm. this is an issue of education. Um, I'm the same way, like I would have been sensitive about Mm. it. But at the end of the day, she made her choice. And I'm glad that she did choose to speak out about it because I do think that it is not a coincidence that only black women are called dogs, that only black men are called beasts. But wait, did she she educate though? Like, did she talk about anti-blackness and where it comes from and colorism? Because that video, it seemed like she was just saying, like, they only do this to black women. But, like, there was no empirical evidence there. It isn't like she was like, this study right here. What? Where was the education? That's true, but she got people Googling. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm absolutely sure that she must have had one or two people be like, really, is that a thing that white girl, uh, that, sorry, that black girls get, go mm-hmm. through? Maybe I should look this up. Let's, let's dig a little deeper for a second because, you know, this is a conversation I've heard consistently on social media, and it's one that I've had to learn how to not take personal because usually the narrative is black men are always disrespecting black women. And I'm sitting here like, hey, I'm a black man. I don't do that. Why does it always have to be all of us? Do you feel, and I'm going to go to you first, Selena, like as an adult now I would say that like there is like an uptick or even just like a presence of black men who seem to have more criticism for the appearance of black women? Absolutely. Like, and, and I, I'm happy that you said that because we just got a comment on Facebook Live um, where James Johnson says black men need to do better. Yes, I do feel like black men... Um, can be particularly very critical and hurtful to black women and it's it makes me upset because black women are super super supportive to black men in fact bell hooks wrote in um, one of her books forgive me because i forget the name of it but she talked about the reason why black men are so critical to black women is because they're still trying to set themselves up to be closer to white men like because of patriarchy and because of sexism that exists and, and and because of the oppression that exists rather than being oppressed they rather be they rather set themselves up in close proximity to the oppressor and mm-hmm. that's deep right that's yeah. psychology like that that's what happens as a result of slavery yeah 
So I, I definitely think that um, black men have absorbed some of that and internalized self-hate and it's it, it comes out onto black women. Tammy, what do you think? I do agree. Um, by the way, y'all, if you are at, on the internet right now, there's a great article on Paper Mag by Clarkisha oh, yes. Kent. It talks about a little bit the history of colorism and, and how it affects different people of different walks, like black men versus white men and black women versus white women. And I think something that systemic racism has really done is make us hate ourselves. Like, mm. how could you not, when the media, when policemen when the government tells you that you're not worthy so I really do feel like you know kind of no fault of their own I want to say um, black men have picked up on this as have black women honestly as have many black women are self-loathing um, and they've kind of run with these stereotypes that women to be pretty should be you know a little caramel thing you know have like a little slight little nose have cute lips but not protruding so it's, it's just hurtful. And if, if y'all are out there listening, check out that article on Paper Mag and read that book Selena mentioned. It's called We Real Cool by Bell Hooks. Oh, thank you so it's much for that, Tammy. Um, so we're getting some really good comments on Instagram Live. Uh, Wish It Was Me says, as a collective, black men are hypercritical of black women. I am maestro says, society, um, ooh, ooh, let me get a little closer. Society makes black women this grade and I guess downplays black men just like society black men down black women. Um, yeah, no, so I think that there's, you know, most people agree. But however, I will say this. What's the distinction between someone making comments about someone's appearance like everyone does and it become an anti-black? Because I and I think I said this on the show first when I first heard those journalists talking about Blue Ivy and I'm like, why are you attacking a child? First of all, mm -hmm. like that that's disgusting. You shouldn't be doing that. And what gives you the audacity to even publicize it if you are going to be that malicious? Mm -hmm. But I didn't think it was anti-black. I just thought that they're talking about the way she looks. And I do think that there is a distinction between people attacking people no matter what race they are. Yeah. Like people mm -hmm. are constantly mm -hmm. critiquing people on how they look, how they speak how they sound, how much money you make. Yeah. Like, that's a part of society itself, and it's amplified now that we have social media. Yeah. What necessarily makes these attacks anti-black? And I'll say that even with Tiana Taylor mm -hmm. and um, Ari Lennox, with those attacks, comparing them to a dog, that's horrible. But, I mean, there's a raci racist history of comparing black people to apes. Now, if he would have said monkey, ape, or gorilla, I would have been like, oh, no, these, these people are black. I mean, excuse me, these people are racist. But you got to look at the way that they're attacking them because they usually attack them for their fe for their features. And the features that they criticize tend to be the most, like, very blatantly black They didn't features. talk about their features. He said they that's what they look like. So what features are, are they so talking about? when you talk about Blue Ivy Carter and you mentioned she looks like her dad and says that she has her dad's nose and she has her dad's lips, when Jay-Z has very black features... That's like that's it's, it's it's it can feel like a dog whistle. Now I don't know if those white folks were doing that. I mean, maybe they were. White people are walking microaggressions. Yes. So yes, know, it can be. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's no. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just got excited about you using the word microaggressions, and that's exactly like my my whole point in this. No, the attacks weren't blatantly, overtly anti-black, mm -hmm. but we are in 2020, and as we 
strive for equality. We need to unpack the systemic racism that is all around us. And as we've learned, even through police brutality, even through the way our electoral politics works, anti-blackness is so covert. Like most of what we experience as racism in this country is microaggressions. It's being a black person and being followed in a store. You know, it's it's being a black woman and getting a comment about wearing your natural hair at work. These aren't things that necessarily it's not like people are saying like, oh, your hair is ugly, like tie it up. But at the end of the day, you know, a white woman is not getting called out for her hair or for her quality of hair at work, whether she wakes up and just goes or not. So these things to me are inherently anti-black just because they reek of microaggressions. That's a really great point, Tammy. Thank you so much. we got to go on a quick break, though, Selena. just real quick, Instagram Live, someone says, Selena, but think about it like this. They can also be trying to make black women hate black men. What? So, uh, <laughs> so I guess it goes the other way around. I don't know. I just wanted to leave on that. When we come back and break, I'll respond to that, guys. Okay, this thank is Let you. Your Voice Be Heard. Brown skin girl, your skin just like say When you mix it with apple juice, it tastes like that Gucci. <laughs> we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill and, of course, our newest co-host, Tammy David, on our first day, knocking it out the park. If you were just tuning into this segment, we are talking about the anti-black attacks against Ari Lennox, Tiana Taylor, Blue Ivy Carter, and black women. Or are they anti-black attacks? Are we just being overly sensitive? Well, you tell me. If you're watching on Facebook Live, we apologize for the lost broadcast, but we're up and going again. So please leave your comments and we will get to them as soon as possible. So, Selena, we have a long history of anti-blackness, particularly towards black women. Can you give some context about why people might feel that there's some attacks towards black women? Like, where, where have we seen this show up? Like historically. Yeah, no, I'm glad that you asked. And we talked about Bell Hooks. Um, we talked about that article in Paper Mag that gives a great overview of the history of colorism and black women. I think that what we've seen historically is that black women's femininity has always been questioned uh, because the way our bodies are built and shaped. I think that historically, because white women have been in their have become the, the beauty ideal or that beauty standard. Um, so it's like. If Eurocentric values or Eurocentric looks and appearances are what's beautiful and black women look very different uh, from physical features to, you know, bodies or whatever, they it was always seen as their um, black women are ugly and we're over sexualized and like our bodies are strong. Like, you know, they just Mm -hmm. say like these Mm -hmm. things that further drive that wedge between how white women look and black women look. Let me just go a little bit deeper. We have always historically over-sexualized and also bashed black women because that's the way that white supremacy works. And one of the things that they used to do to disqualify any rape accusations against black women was to say that black women, because of their big bottoms, were naturally more sexual. That's what they said. They said they were lustful and they lured innocent white men into their space. There's always been an attack on black women. And because white supremacy works in the way where it covers all of us, we all respond to it and react to it. So it's natural that you'll see black men attacking black women. And we do have to address that. Selena? Um, I just wanted to say, so we got a really good comment from James Johnson. He says black men need to be called out for dating outside of their race. Let's start with that first. All right. Well. He just took it. 
Damn. Well, I want to push mm. back on that just a little bit because black men, statistically, black men marry black women about 87% of the time, whereas black women bl- marry black men 90% of the time. There really uh, isn't oh, a huge number of black th- men dating outside the race. Actually, statistically as well, mm. black men date outside of the race more than any other culture. So, yes, those statistics are correct, mm-hmm. but we are finding that black men will date outside their race first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So, if we're going to talk about supporting and loving black women... Mm-hmm. When we take it to our communities, do we feel like our black men are really supporting, loving us enough to make us their wives? Well, I don't know. Like, I don't think there's a problem with dating outside the race. Do you think that black men are just turning away to black women <sighs> to go for white women or Asian women? Is that is that how we feel what's happening? Honestly, I think that there's historically been so much slander against black women as an aesthetic that like I said before, black men have internalized this, as have black women. There is so much, you know, there is so much shame in wearing your natural hair out if you're not comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. There is so much, you know, I've heard black men say like, oh, you know, um, this chick, like her hair can go in the pool. Like I know she can jump in the pool with me. Mm-hmm. So oh, they there's still like, say that nonsense? yes, black women can jump yes. in the pool too. And yes. that natural gonna be j- nice and beautiful. I just want to say on the educational front, getting back to our question, mm-hmm. like we need to think about this from like way like 400 years ago. Yeah. When we were slaves, we were dehumanized, mm-hmm. and in order for us to reintegrate into society as black folks, we had to do whatever we could to get the coin like let me be clear when when the period was over of actual slavery who are the people that were allowed to buy homes buy property Mm. light-skinned people Mm -hmm. because they were the ones that made white people most comfortable Mm -hmm. then in order to integrate into the workforce and to integrate into communities women had to do so 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 much to their appearance especially dark-skinned black women like Mm. this is key they had to do so much to their appearance in order to make themselves seem quote presentable Mm. You know, so there's a lot of history of hair weaving and and using like sheep's sheep's head combs to straighten the hair. All of this just so that we could get a regular shot at society. And unfortunately, because anti-blackness has not left the world, it has not left the beauty industry. Mm. We still emphasize all of these things. Well, damn. And Selena, damn, I had another question. But Selena, um, is it okay if I talk about like, so like, I know you started your natural hair journey a couple of months ago. But like that, like for a long time, you were still getting permits. What made you make that shift? Um, Yeah. And so real quick, I just want to say Marcus Tyreek. Crawford says black women are under attack. It's been that way. Shout out to you, Marcus. I agree. Yo, so, Juggernaut, come back to New York City, man. I need a new barber. My barber's good, but I want a black barber. Um, okay. Uh, no more side notes. But yeah, so um, <laughs> natural hair journey. Um, so it was for me, it was it was twofold, maybe even threefold. Number one, it was just something that I was taught. Like my mom told me, like when I used to, when I was a little girl and I would watch TV, I said, mom, you know, I want my hair to look like that, right? Straight. And then when I was growing up in um, early grade school, I grew up in a a largely white community. And I would say like, why can't I wear my hair out and straight and like flowy, like my friends, like this friend and that friend. And then she said, because you know, you're, you're black, you don't have that type of hair. But then I said, well, this girl is brown just like me and she wears her hair out and she said oh that's because she's Indian and like so I always thought that as a little girl having long straight hair was an ideal because that's what I was socialized to think because of you know 
our you know the media industry and etc so then you know I finally got my perm when I was 12 and I was ecstatic and I learned how to do my hair and how to maintain it with a mm. perm so eventually when I started to transition my hair from natural it became very challenging right mm. like I no longer did I think that straight hair was the beauty and like like a, a norm of beauty but I just didn't understand how to do natural hair so like it, it's a lot like it, it was it was psychologically I had to really get through a lot of hurdles mm. and then just the challenges because I don't think that little black girls are taught to value their hair and they're certainly not taught how to do natural hair like it's like well as soon as you are of age you'll get a perm that's it yeah, yeah. well okay. I just want to say one thing we're running short on time but folks that was a really touching story from Selena. Don't you guys wish that she would share more of that story with you? If you do, please let us know in the comments. So, folks, we are running short on time. I want to give people a chance to get some closing statements. Tammy, what are some things that we can do to help get rid of this stigma against black women? Oh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. But I want to shout out Josu Pierre on our Facebook Live right now because he is really killing it with the commentary. I want to draw from his comment slash the Malcolm X speech, who taught you to hate yourself? Because that is really where it begins. Who taught you, please? Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin? To such extent you bleach to get like the white man. And this to me is really critical because in order for anything to change societally, we as a group need to decide enough it needs to be a situation where we are teaching our kids from early on to love themselves for who they are, just like Beyonce is doing with Blue. Um, Selena, I really feel you on that story because, like, I grew up in a real strict Caribbean household. Hello, somebody. And I'm, you know, I'm mixed, but I have really nappy 4C hair, actually. And as far as I can remember, girl, my grandma tells me my hair is ugly. Like, she really does. And I think about that a lot. You know, she's she's 84 years old. She's a powerful woman. But, you know, she grew up with that rhetoric. And we have to stop that rhetoric. We need to teach our kids, like, these are your curls. They're popping. They fit your face. They fit your frame. And if you take care of them, they will love you back. Same with facial features. Like, that's you, boo. You just, yeah. we need to teach our kids. And that's how it starts. Thank you, Tammy. Selena? Um, I would say final thoughts are, I think that once we value black women, then naturally our children will, will see that by and learn from example. I think that black men, you know, I love the black men that support black women and show us how much they love their com communities by loving black women. Um, so I'll say that. But I think that, yes, we have a lot of, you know, iconic people like like Beyonce, like Tiana Taylor, like Ari Lennox, who are unapologetically black and love their beauty and teach us and show us that it's OK to value yourself. So once we value ourselves and we can all get to that place, it's, it took me a while, like I talked about with my hair. But once we all get to that place, then our children will see the value in it as well. So I'll keep this quick. People say there's a war against black women. I full-throatedly disagree with that premise. There's no war against black women. This is standard operating procedure. It's standard, standard operating procedure to disrespect black women, to look past black women, to have issues with black women, to put unfair standards on black women. Black women are the most 
educated and the least paid out of all the women in the world. Black women are, are always seen as the least attractive of people when you do national surveys. Black women are disrespected in their household by other black men and by other black people that they love. And if we really want to have radical blackness and radical black love in our spaces, we have to start with love for black women. Listen. I'm not saying that every single black person that comes into your life has to be the most beautiful, wonderful person in the world or that you have to love them with all your heart or give them all your money. But you need to understand that black women are the closest thing to God that we have. And it's time that we started acting that way. And until we do, we will always be going in the circles of white supremacy. So with that being said, I want to leave you all with some wise words from the great Kendrick Lamar. And I'll see you next week. If you want to listen to the podcast, you can get the podcast wherever you get your podcast from because we're all over these streets. And if you love what we do and you want to support us, please sign up for our Patreon or hit us up to join our email list so we can let you know when we got some fire content coming out. Thanks again for another action-packed episode of Let Your Voice Be Heard. I'll see you next week.